of the tornado watch yesterday and all I could think about was like, okay, I just want to make sure my insurance was paid and everything was caught up. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm just so at the point where it's like, oh, no, everything's going to get wiped out and we got to start over. As long as my animals are fine, I'm okay, you know, type yeah, situation. Yeah, fuck the kids, dude, <laughs> as long as the animals are fine. <laughs> the kids know to run. Half our animals are crated or caged, so, you know, not giving them the chance. I mean, I'd open the, the gate for the chickens in their coop, you know, and mm. then be like, okay, good luck. But like Congo, oh, that would be so unfair. Yeah. You know, so well, he no. doesn't even fly. So yeah. he does. He, well, no, he, what is it? He falls with style. Yeah. Yes. That's what he does. <laughs> and he's pretty good at it. But yeah. And uh, we have to keep him upstairs as much as I don't want to because he just, he, otherwise, you and I would be on this podcast and he would talk the entire time and everybody would hear him in the background definitely yeah. cussing. So, no worries. And we got a nice busy day today. I hope so. So do I. <laughs> Because here we go. So, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Dive. I am Joey. And I'm Kiki. And this is a stupid podcast on everything where we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. So let's hop right into it. What do we got starting off today? We're going to start off with a pretty good pro-revenge from Reddit. Ooh, I'll take it. So this one is from user Don't Give Up the Shoe, and it is titled Lying and Using People? I Got You. Okay. So this one needs background to fully understand why I went out of my way for this revenge. My best friend was married for 10 years, with his ex for a total of 13 years. He was absolutely head over heels in love with her, like I had never seen before, which Mm. I never understood due to her alcohol abuse. She would take it out on him, and when he'd be venting about it, he'd always fall back on, it's not her, it's the illness. A very respectable and admirable stance on it. Last year, she asked for a divorce because... After years of what I would call abuse, he had simply run out of gas. Her reasoning for asking for one? When she got fired for testing positive for weed, he wasn't empathetic enough. (laughs) He admits he wasn't because it had come on the back of one of her drunken tirades where she told him that he was a piece of shit who was always trying to control her. When all he ever did was try to get her away from the booze for the way that she was treating him when she was drunk. It took him forever to move on from this, with the divorce following shortly after. And earlier this year, after thinking he was moving on, he calls me to come over, and he's in a very bad state. I arrive, and he is absolutely fall-down level of drunk. Going on that she didn't ask for a divorce for those reasons that she had originally been cheating with several other people. The next Mm. morning, when he's more coherent, I ask him how he knew. He said he was cleaning out the spare room and selling or donating stuff that he didn't need anymore, and when he went to clear an old tablet, she was still logged on and all of the evidence was right there. He gets that wow. out that he then says that he's going back to bed and asks me to lock up when I leave. Before I left, I looked at the tablet, and after seeing what I saw, I wanted to find a way to get even with the horrible and conniving woman, so I took pictures of it all and left. When I got home, I started looking up information about these people. Two of them were just normal guys. Whether they knew she was married or not, I don't know. But the third, well, the third comes up as a registered sex offender. Oh, gosh. Still on probation for being (sighs) such a disgusting pile of shit and address was listed as 123 Lane City State. Mm -hmm. Como knew that she was married. And that's what we're calling him is Como. Okay. I immediately knew what I was going to do. Como didn't live at 123 Lane, 
Koma was living with the conniving ex. She made regular posts about their time together. Mm. On top of that, she is an avid weed user and has several firearms because she enjoys sports oh, shooting. so many parole violations. Awesome. <laughs> okay. <Yep>. So, <laughs> I go into the state's sex offender site and make a report of Como not actually living where he's registered and that Como is living in a home with what he has no right to be being a convicted felon and on parole. Mm-hmm. I include screenshots of the social media posts and all to back it up. I was thinking little would happen, but an inconvenience to their lives. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> she broke her typical posts with nothing serious trend on social media yesterday with this gem. Quote, my year can't get any worse. Como lost his job and I am now facing eviction because I can't afford my rent. Unquote. So I go on the state court system site to see if it's related. And yes, it was. Como was rearrested. Mm. She clearly can't post bail or Como would be out. The job she took after being fired definitely can't support her lifestyle. So he's probably going back to prison or at least jail. And she's a breath away from being homeless. I don't know if I'd ever tell my best friend I was the one behind this, but he is definitely ecstatic to see a horrible woman and sewer rat get what they deserve. Part of me wants to put up the sex offender registration link and that it's sitting in jail and say something to the effect of it's a little more than losing a job, but not wanting to make my best friend's life harder. I'll just let sleeping dog lie. No. And that is OP. That is, that's great. That's first off. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Do we have like an editor or a top comment or something before I jump in on this one? Oh, the, the top comment was just uh, congratulating him on not telling him mm-hmm. and telling his friend because if he did, then he might end up feeling sympathetic and take her back. That's and then exactly don't give it. him the reason to feel guilt to him. This was just karma catching up to her and confirmation that she deserves to stay in his past. Mm-hmm. Very well put. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going to go with that. Don't don't say anything. The, the best revenge you have is where you sit back and watch your creation do exactly what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. in best case scenario. And you don't want to drive a wedge between you and your friend. Oh, yeah. You no. know, I, I hate being in the middle of relationship issues. Um, I can use Jonathan and Sheila as the example for that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to do with it. I literally said I wanted nothing to do with it. I'm like, this is a bad thing, a bad situation. Well, why don't we go go into the story of that because i mean it's not yeah it's well, not that bad it's you know h- here it is is he was you know he was struggling with his sexuality he had no idea what what he was and and what he was feeling and everything else but he did he just didn't vocalize it and had never vocalized it before and we were sitting and we were talking and they were already having problems in the relationship they had been having them yeah um, and to the, she the the great backstory on him that makes it important is mm-hmm. that she was basically his first time mm-hmm. and then, you know, got married and everything. And, just ha- you know, it was just like immediate for him. And right. she is significantly older than him. She's already been married. How many times was uh, it by him? I believe he was number three or she'd been married three times before. Whichever way. way it was. Yeah. She had kids, mm-hmm. had a whole life that none she has been his. living. And none of them were his. And then, yeah, for him, this was first time for everything. First mm-hmm. rela- real, you know, obviously real relationship got married and all that. For her, oh, this is, you know, third time or fourth time around. I already know what I'm going to do kind of thing. So right. that's the big, like, important backstory to them. And and the the thing was is is I don't care. You know, there's a there's a large age gap between us. Yeah. You know, I'm no, also, I also I am not, you know, your first and was mm-hmm. not their, your first anything. You know, when when it came came to that and and it wasn't 
wasn't looking for anything either. So mm-hmm. it's like we're when the more we heard about their story, the more it just seemed like she was looking for a hunt down. Yeah, she was out on the hunt, and uh, he got hit with a tranquilizer dart. You know, <laughs> and it, he just came to it where he's just like, you know what, I'm by, and he wanted to see other guys, and I'm like, okay, I'm not in this. I'm not a part of this, dude. I am told her the same thing. I'm not in this. I'm not a part of this. She tried multiple times to bring me into their arguments. I'm like, I'm not a part of this. I literally told you, this is the way it goes. This is the way we work. This is how we make our money. And that's it. We drive in a truck. We drive in a truck together where we have to take our 34-hour resets. I take one hotel room. He takes another hotel room. I don't know where he is. Don't text me to ask me where he is. Dude, the amount of times that she would ask... (sighs) Where he was right. when he was in the middle of doing stuff. Like she was trying to contact Joey more than I was mm-hmm. when he was out on the road. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely insane. Yeah, I and and this isn't the first time this crap has happened. One of my one of the people that I considered, you know, to be one of my best friends, his name was Jason. His he had had a girl he was dating and she was a meth head, I believe. Yeah, she was a meth head and she was doing the same thing, calling my office and disrupting my company. <laughs> And it's like, and she's, and here's Sheila doing the exact same thing. I know how this is going to end because I know how it's ended before several times Mm -hmm. because look, I'm, I'm unique in this. And I want to explain this. I have had many girlfriends. I have only had a few bad breakups. Most of my ex-girlfriends are actually still friends. They're still friends either on Facebook or we'll text and we'll talk, you know, and and they know where I'm at and they know that, hey, you know, I'm Polly, but I'm not taking applications. And if I did, you wouldn't be welcome to apply, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like my my life is my life and your life is your life. And we have those friendships and those friendships are positive. But with with, you know, her, it was the insecurity was so there and she had made fun of him. This guy is 180 pounds, maybe, you know, soaking wet, made fun of him for being fat when we let without being ultra rude, we can find her in a photo real quick Yeah, without a problem. So, you know, and it was like, wow. Okay. And she was all these things that she was, she was projecting onto him and we just knew it wasn't a good situation. And when he came and he was like, Hey, you know what? And I go, what? And he goes, I'm gay. He goes, I'm not bi, I'm gay. It's like, okay. And he goes, and, and then he went to tell her and I, and he's like, I'm going to get a divorce. I'm like, okay, okay. I, I don't, we're talking, we're in the truck together, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for, you know, three months, you know, we, we're going to talk, but I'm like, but I'm not a part of this. And I wouldn't, I didn't do anything other than say, Hey, if you, you know, when he sat there and he goes, I need an attorney. Do you know anybody? I said, yeah, I happen to know a pretty good attorney. That was as far as I went. But then when he sat there and he was in the back of the truck I, and I, he sat there and he's like, you know, I, that's it. I'm going to divorce her. I'm like, okay, why don't you ease into this a little bit and calm down because he was suddenly moving in fifth gear, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, you know, you got to calm down. He didn't, he was in the back of the trailer and he straight out told her he wanted a divorce and blocked her. Didn't tell me. Right. And I'm in my track. I'm in the tractor while he's in the trailer. And if you don't know, I mean, there's no way you hear each other. I can't yell from my tractor into the trailer and have him hearing me. And he's in the trailer. We're in Louisiana. We're at the, we're at the Honda plant. So mm-hmm. everything's loud outside. So even if we did yell at each other, we wouldn't hear each other. And and we were running temp controlled. Um, so the reefer. reefer. Yeah. Yeah. No, so no, there's not nothing. There. And so all of a sudden I start getting these texts. When are you guys going to be home? When's this? Da, 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 da. When, uh, what's going on? Da, da, da. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am not a part of this. 
I am not in the middle of this. He came into the truck and told me, and I'm like, oh, well, that's nice that you told me because your wife is texting the living shit out of me right now. It's like, thanks a lot for that. And so it's like, you know, I went to sleep because I was the, I was, you know, it was my turn to sleep and while he was driving and it's like, and I woke up to getting a bunch of texts and I hadn't, you know, I thought they were you or Nikki or Amy, you know, whatever at that point, mostly you or Nikki, mostly you, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like, I got up and there was these, all this other stuff and all these scriptures and everything else and all this stuff. And, And this is what she did is, and this is, this is the problem. And I'm going to say this. Billy Graham said it the best. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And that is the most profound statement that I've ever heard. And she personifies that statement because she and so many others that I know in those situations used God and the Bible to manipulate try to manipulate me, which I don't take to manipulation. Mm-mm. That is, I, I hate it. Manipulation is lying. I don't lie. I don't manipulate. If you are a relevant person in my life, you can be assured that I've never lied to you period. End of story. Um, and she was trying to be manipulative with me and I went, okay, Sheila, you know what? He's already told me what's going on. As soon as we get back into town, he's filing the paperwork for divorce and there's nothing you're going to be doing about that. Don't go trying to use the scripture on me and don't try to be manipulative to me and don't do all these things. But there she was just trying to do it. And he went to get away from her. And then he sat and somewhere in this right after this, they were gone for a couple of weeks and he went out with another driver. And in the course of that, he decided he was going to lie to me and suddenly needed to be home. And then I didn't, he didn't talk to me or anything again find out from the attorney who's a friend of mine also that he withdrew the petition for divorce. And so now both of them have painted me as the bad guy for something I never wanted to be in, in the first place. Do not tell your friend that you had anything to do with this guy Mm -hmm. because she's going to try to find that way to manipulate, get it back in, cause the wedge and you will lose a friend. Yep. And And he will not ever be himself again. Nope. And that's exactly it. And to this day, I haven't spoke to Jonathan once. And that sucks. Because I literally was just trying to be supportive. Mm-hmm. And trying to be helpful. And I mean helpful. You know? But it is what it is. But on you, no. Don't. Let's make sure that we put this somewhere in the comments. That we paste the link to this so that he has this. Because don't do it. I, I know you're going to feel like, oh man, I'm going to hang out with my friend. If I don't tell him the truth, that I'm lying. That is not the truth. Not telling somebody something is not the same as lying to them and not telling somebody something because it's going to alleviate how you think you feel is going to cost you a friend because he already said it. She's drunk. She's manipulative and everything that he's doing while she's cheating on him, she's going to do whatever she can to deflect from him. You know, even Sheila was talking about wanting Polly so that she had enough husbands to keep her going. Like, yeah, because that was the other thing. She she basically wanted to baby lock him. Mm-hmm. That's what she really wanted. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. That's she was right. trying to force him to take care of her kids mm-hmm. and was like villainizing him for not wanting, like not really not wanting anything to do with them, mm-hmm. which it, it sounds terrible. You go into a relationship with somebody if you don't want anything to do with their kids, you're horrible. But the way that, first of all, they weren't young, young kids. It's not like these are three, five, and six, seven-year-old right. kids. No. That one of them was, what, 15? She turned 16 in the time we knew her? Yep. 
and then the other one was like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and he they both knew what was going on the other kids were older and didn't didn't care mm-hmm. so they literally the older kids they were out and they just were like they knew what was going on they yep. they weren't stupid yep. and both of her kids knew what was going on and it was obvious that the the 10 or 11 year old was either on the spectrum or just horrifically spoiled to the mm-hmm. point of that he was just like that either way he was he, he was a handful when mm-hmm. he was when they would come over and they would bring him it was a lot it was a lot trying to keep him from being disruptive to the girls and kicking did, a soccer ball against my wall yeah, it, yeah. it was just there was a lot to that and for jonathan to not want to be a part of it because she wasn't she wasn't chastising him mm-hmm. she wasn't making sure that her daughter was safe and that she was making smart decisions she mm-hmm. wasn't doing any of the parenting things on you know at, on her own she wasn't taking care of the she because she was the primary source of income because she ran a salon and it's not like she mm-hmm. was you know staying on top of that and you know working on that She's and marketing and, yeah she would just not show up and then wasn't making enough money for things like everything that she could have been doing to make things work she wasn't mm-hmm. doing and then was getting on jonathan about not wanting to support her to which he would point out you're not even supporting yourself how am i supposed to support you mm-hmm. if i can't there's nothing to support like what am i going to be doing i'm not just going to be the father of your children that are already older and don't really see me as that i'm not going to force them to call me dad or anything because that was the other argument is that you know she mm-hmm. wanted them to call him dad and he was like i'm not their dad <laughs> so don't forget she was also when the divorce thing was happening one of the things she was trying to do was tell him i'm losing weight and i'm i'm working yeah. out so that and, and and i'm ready to have another kid so we can have a kid together yeah you know she, tried she was to literally yeah she was literally doing all of that i mean that was just that was a nightmare. And, oh, yeah, and it was, was like, and, and again, the whole time I'm just sitting there on the sidelines, but I got yanked into it. And then I was made to be the bad guy at the end. Mm-hmm. And all I of lost, us were. Yeah. And, she would yeah, drive past our house because when they got back mm-hmm. and the, the first time originally after them getting, you know, saying that he was getting divorced, he went and stayed with his parents or something like that. And, you know, she kept trying to ask everybody where he was because he wasn't ready to face her. Mm-hmm. And so she would drive past our house trying to figure out if he was here or not. And, you know, we did oh, offer him right. to she stay. Insi- yeah, she insisted that we were letting him stay in one of the guest rooms that we have. You know, we yeah. had a pretty big house. No, but we offered, but yeah, he didn't take it, it. Nope, he didn't take it. And it was like, and, and, and remember this, I didn't actually bring the big rig here. I went and parked it over at the lot that's down the street about oh, a, yeah. a mile and a half oh, away. Oh, yeah, they didn't even know. And so there was nothing that showed there. So she knew where I parked it. So she was driving by there. Yeah, she knew that, that we, we were, were home mm-hmm. because she drove past where the, the rig gets parked. Right, which, which is, is out of the not way. Out of, and it's not here. It's not mm-hmm. at our house. We, we park it here now. Yeah. But before, we weren't parking it here. We were parking it somewhere else. And then one of us would drive yep. and pick him up and then bring all our stuff back. No, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Parked the rig over there, picked both of them up, brought them here, and then he he got picked up by somebody else and just he left. Yep. So she knew based on the fact that the rig was home and, you know, whether or not she was driving around to see if like the truck was ever gone, like our actual pickup truck was mm-hmm. ever gone and things like that, because we don't drive the pickup truck. So if nope. it wasn't here, that would mean that it would have to be Joey home. So she was psycho going psycho with it. Yeah. I'm over the top. So I, like I said, she and imagine having to look down a Walmart sized parking lot to look in the back and recognize a vehicle. That's how she recognized my truck was back. So yeah, she was in full stalker mode and we, and there were more than one times where I was like, I think she just drove by Mm -hmm. and it was like, and no reason to no reason. She didn't live over here. 
had nothing nothing to do over here other than to look and see if her soon to be ex-husband was there but once she got that wedge in then the only and she knew that the biggest person that was stopping her from being able to control him again was me that was it and and i became the bad guy and that's like i said i've lost several friends because of that and i just you know stupid because i keep doing it and just but i don't lie and when people ask me questions i'm honest and i told them from the very beginning this money is going to change you guys because they went from making, you know, barely making $2,000 a month to all of a sudden with hers and in his income, his new income, he was pulling in $2,500 every week cash outright. Mm -hmm. And so that was more money in one week than they were making in a month. And so, yep. And that changed them and it sucks. So if you want to keep your friend, you're going to hold this one and it's just going to be your scar to bear. Yep. But good on you. And I'm glad you did it. Mm -hmm. And you can keep it and wear it as a freaking scar of honor right now, you know, because good. She gets she will get what she deserves. Period. End of story. That was a good one. That was a very good post. Very, very good. What do you got next? Uh, it's actually what you have next. Oh, we're going to talk about getting revenge. Yeah. Okay. Segue right in. Yeah. It. No, From that's revenge totally to pro revenge. Absolutely. I will absolutely be happy about this one. So I am going to be a little on the anonymous side on this one because the company still exists and the, they're just petty enough that they would tie it up in court. And I really don't feel like spending, you know, a bunch of money just to fight this. But when I was in my infancy in marketing, I was working for a company and the company was a custom woodcraft company. And when I first met the guys, they were doing a bunch of everything. And I mean everything. And they were doing, and they were, their work was amazing. I mean, they did fireplace mantles. They did just some of the most beautiful things that you'd ever seen before, right? And I mean, it was great. But then I saw these window coverings that they made, and they were beautiful. I had never seen anything like that before. I mean, I looked at them. You could not tell that they were wood, first off, which threw me off, right? Because they had sanded and resanded and powder coated they they built them and they customized them and every single one of these was just amazing there were shutters and you just you looked at them and you knew just by looking at them that they were amazing mm -hmm. they would do outside builds inside builds custom builds every single one of them were 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 just beautiful you didn't see anything and when those shutters were closed you didn't see a drop of light come through those shutters wow. I mean they were just and they were so smooth and they were durable and you could clean them with whatever you wanted they were going to and the wood that they were made out of it, I believe you know they could get whatever you wanted them made out of but the ones I saw were ash and they were just beautiful and I was like wow and I said this forget everything else forget everything else you're doing go after this and they already had had a, what's called a tester um, with one of the big box stores. And one of the, the big box store there had said, yeah, we'll test you guys out in a couple of different, a uh, uh, couple of different stores and we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And so, but we want an agreement with you guys, you know, that the, these are going to be done in a certain time and everything else. I said, no, we need to make this agreement even more solid. Um, and so I was going to a, a business expo and it just so happened that this big box stores, um, regional manager and purchasing officer was at this big box store. His name was John, really nice guy. Um, 
we got along. We hit it off quick. I told him who I was and, and he goes, Oh yeah, I've seen your shutters. And that was, mm. that was impressive. And I was like, okay, awesome. And I sat there and, and so he and I talked to, so it was a three day, a three day conference and he and I talked all three days. We went, we had two lunches together um, and had every single time we saw, we stop we talked to each other he'd ask me marketing advice and opinions on things because he knew who i was um i had you know a little bit of a name and a little bit of i was a i was a good self-promoter back then so you know i was a little bit bigger than i was <laughs> in my own pants but we got along great and he sat there and he goes hey so what are you thinking i said you know what i think i think you need to give us everything I think we need to go out. We need to be the ones to measure it. You guys get the appointments. We'll we'll fulfill the appointments. We'll go out there. We'll custom build it. We'll custom install them. We'll measure. We'll do everything. Because if we rely on the customer's measurements, they're going to be wrong. It's going to be our fault. If we rely on somebody from your stores to go out and measure it or to take those measurements, something's going to go wrong. It's going to be our fault. Where if we have one of our representatives come out there, measure the windows, we'll make sure that they're not only out there measuring the windows that the customer wants, we'll have them measure all of the windows as part of what we do. And that'll help with the upsells. And you guys don't have to worry about that. And by the time I was, I was said and done, I was like, and you guys aren't going to pay anything extra for that. We're going to give you guys this rate. This is the way it's going to work. This is the numbers. These are the percentages. And this way, everybody's going to be happy. And when I say happy, I mean, nobody's going to be happy because in proper compromise, nobody gets a hundred percent of what they want. Mm -hmm. Right. And he was like, he's like, Joey, I, I like the way you think. And you know what? Yeah, let's give that a try. Get the contract together and let's make it happen. So we got that together and I helped build that company. Now, here's the thing. So they started off, they were in two of these box stores, right? Mm -hmm. And I worked hard for the logistics side of this. Now, in the meantime, I was working with their retail side, but I was working the logistics side of this because I wanted to know every aspect of this. I ended up getting them in every single one of these box stores in, in California. Every single one, wow. every single one that they wanted. And it was the same. We had contractors and drivers all over the state, right? One of my best friends, Jerry, was driving, was driving around measuring, installing these shutters. And it was, and people were happy. Our Yelps, our, our reviews were phenomenal. We were encouraging people when, before it was a thing to encourage people to give us and the big box store credits. We were giving people surveys that were, that had, you know, that they could mail in or give back to the installer and they were giving them back to the installer and we were sending them to the big box store. So John was happy. Everything was good. Everything was going well. Everything was perfect. Now, part of my contract with these guys was that we had agreed that I would take 3% or yeah, 3% of the end profits. Okay. okay. Now, I had uh, recently gotten engaged. And so we were coming up towards the end of the year. I was very excited. It was about this time of the year, which is I always think about it around this time of the year. And I was engaged. I had my wedding date set up for February 15th. Was so excited, so happy, and everything was good. And I came to them and they, and we sat and we were talking and they were like, it's just amazing. You know, we're going to be able to expand into Oregon, into Idaho, into Washington. They've basically now given us a national rollout. And wow. I was like, that is awesome. I'm like, I'm so happy about that. I'm like, and I'm really happy about my bonus cause I'm going to be getting married. And my bonus, just so you, you get the idea worked out to be almost a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. It was $248,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. So of course I was happy. I had been working for this company day and night for 
you know, well, to the point where I had to pay somebody to come and feed my, my parrot, you know, because I wasn't home. And so I was, I had spent this, you know, year building these guys up from two guys working out of little more than a garage to having a huge warehouse, um, you know, hundreds of employees and just barely able to keep up with their, their inventory and looking at different kinds of shutters and everything else that they could um, for different price points so they could get into different markets. And we were going through everything. I had met Doug Christie of the Sacramento Kings because it was one of the houses we were doing installs at. And I was like, yeah, I want to, wow. I, I want to go there. They invited me to go out there. I met him. I'm, I, I saw him again at my bachelor party and he was like, Oh, Hey, you know, and couldn't remember. It was one of those, I could tell he couldn't remember my name, but he remembered who I was and everything else. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, so I got to do all these things and that actually got me to meet the Maloose and that's a different story. So there were good things that happened in this, but then I sat there and said, Hey, yeah, this is the, this is the money. woe," And I watched them both turn white as a sheet. And I'm like, is there a problem? Uh, no, 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 no. There's, there's no problem. I'm like, okay, because this is my contract. A couple of days went by and they came back to me and said, hey, we're going to move you out of marketing and we're going to move you into this administrative role at $10 an hour. And I went, what? What? And they showed me in my contract that if my position was dissolved, that they wouldn't have to give me my bonus. <sighs> I was so mad and I looked at them and I went, well, you've dissolved my position. I'm going to go ahead and just take the unemployment. So you fired me. You guys have fired my, me. You've gotten rid of my position. I'm going to take unemployment. I mean, this is after I'm just sitting there in shock for what seemed to be like 20 minutes of just trying to process this. But I just, I know my brain, how it works. And I sat there and I was like, okay. And I went to an attorney and the attorney's like, mm, no, the clause is there you know, you shouldn't have had this. And, and so they screwed me out of this money. So I had to pay for my wedding out of the money that I had. And I made, I, I had an entire wedding where I was, I jumped into all the people that I had been doing marketing for and all the people that I knew that I had helped and everything else. And so in that I turned my wedding into a beautiful thing for, I spent cash out of pocket, $2,500. Wow. And that was it catered. That was it with all of the rental stuff that I needed. That was, I even had it down to a hairdresser who was there for my, for my wife and all her bridesmaids just to do their hair for the wedding. I had a photographer, professional photographers, everything I needed. And I utilized it all in bartering and exchanging for marketing. And so I built my wedding. So my wedding was there. Everything was great. I had to focus in on my wedding. Couldn't think about anything else. Instead of us going to New Zealand, which was our original intent for our, our honeymoon, we had a, a, a beautiful three-phase honeymoon that in, ended up with or involved us going to bed and breakfast out on Mendocino Coast, whale watching, going to Lake Tahoe, and you know eating at the best restaurants that were out there. So we and and being able to spend time at home before we went back to our real life. Um, I went and I was already in the process of starting, starting my own company because I was literally just consulting for so many other people at the time that it was a livable income. And I was like, okay, so I went this route and then I got a phone call and I didn't recognize the number, but I recognized the voice as soon as I heard it. And it was John, the regional director for the big box store, the regional purchase agent for the big box store. Okay said, Hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, sure. And he goes, 
look, we have a good deal and I think everything is going right. He goes, you know, but we've been having these continual problems with you guys giving the installation dates and them not being fulfilled to which I was like, wait, why are you telling me? And he goes, well, because your bosses whose numbers I have, they're basically ghost. They're not answering my phone call. They're ghosting me. And, Uh and I'm like, um, um, okay. I don't know how to tell you this. I don't know why they wouldn't have told you this, but I don't work there anymore. And he goes, what? And he goes, no, when I talked to them, you know, a couple of months ago, which was right when I got married (laughs) at this point, I talked to him a couple of months ago, you know, I had asked to talk to you and asked how you were doing and asked how everything was. And they told me that you were, you were doing good. You were really busy working on the new product lines and and the other things. And, and that, you know, that you were highly involved. I'm like, Oh no. And so I told him what they did. (laughs) I told him exactly what they did. And as a result, I suddenly got a phone call. A couple of, not even, no, it was, it was a couple of days later. It was like two days later. I got a phone call from one of those bosses and he was still in my, my address book. So I saw him on my caller ID and I was like, huh? So I answered it and he's like, uh, we, we, we want to know if we can hire you back. And I was like, well, excuse me? No, we need, we need to know if we can hire you back. We, you know what? We, we realized what we did was, was in haste. We want to know what we can do to hire you back and bring you back. And I said, oh, well, that's going to cost you $496,000. What? $496,000. And he goes, what? Wait, no, I'm like, if you want me as an outside consultant, if you want me as a consultant, because I realized what had happened. I knew what had happened. And I didn't at the time. I didn't even think about it. I just wanted to be honest because I'm an honest marketer, which is really hard to be. Um, and they're like, why $496,000? I said, because $248,000 was the price that I was going to use because I was going to go ahead and pay for my wedding and have a beautiful honeymoon and buy my wife a new car. I go, but now my honeymoon, my wedding is over. My honeymoon is over. I've got a new car. And if I'm going to deal with being screwed over by a company that I know you want me back just because what are they doing? Tell me what they're doing. And didn't want to tell me what they're doing. I was like, okay. And so, you know, it's like, well, we're not going to pay you that. I was like, okay, well, you're going to pay, want to pay me my 248 back? Cause I'll be reasonable. I'll get a new contract written up. No, we're not going to do that. What, what if, what if we came on and brought you on at your original salary? And I laughed because I was now making more money as an independent marketing consultant than I did working for them. And I was home every night to Mm -hmm. be with my wife and my bird (laughs) and all our animals at that time. So he said, well, well, let me talk to the other boss and I'll get back to you. And he goes, and I have another company that I would love you to, to talk to you about. Okay, well, get back to me. And immediately got off the phone with them and I called John back, right? And I called John back and I was like, okay, John, what happened? Because this partner just called me trying to get me to come back to work for them. And he started laughing. He Uh-oh. was laughing so oh, hard. God. <laughs> he goes, he goes, do you understand that part of our contract that there's an integrity clause? And I was like, what? And he goes, an integrity of representation, meaning that neither company misrepresents itself as to what it was. The fact that they didn't have you, they weren't meeting their, their goals. They were represent. They didn't represent. They straight out said that you were still a part of the company. You weren't. And it meant that the integrity that we had and everything that was in place wasn't a part of it. So I let them know that they were getting ready to roll out. He goes, they have right now 
Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and California. I said, yeah, that's what they had when I left. And he goes, and that's all they'll ever have. And every single time that they mess up, we will take a state from them. So, oh, my God. <laughs> so literally, now, now, anybody do the math. I was getting 3% of the final profits. Okay? Literally. The, the last of what money was left over was $240,000 or $248,000 that they owed me. But because they did this, it cost them millions. They had a national contract they were going to be able to roll out. So they were going to be everywhere all over the country. And not only that, but I checked it today. You know where they are? Hmm. Central California. Oh my God. Their address is now just a PO box. So they're probably not even doing this stuff in house. <laughs> and if they are, they're probably back in a garage. Wow. So that was, that was my, that was my second most nuclear revenge but i literally cost the company everything they had my friend who was working for them said that all of the guys that were doing his job were gone every single one there was nobody doing any of that so you when gave i go a and... nuclear revenge by just being honest mm -hmm. with people <laughs> yeah and so... i didn't even plan it i mean literally i didn't even plan it but but as soon as he sat there and he called me i knew what he was calling about and i knew what had to have unfolded because there's only one reason you he would have called me they so for so for think about this so for the sake of two hundred and forty eight thousand dollars they lost a potential half billion dollar contract. Wow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you they look them up, pro they probably it, see that that's so weird too, because you say that, mm -hmm. that they, mm -hmm. there's probably only one of them. I cannot imagine that two people would still be friends, consider themselves family or anything after yeah. something like that. No, they probably blamed each other up and down because, you know, they were going to let you go, even though you were friends and got, you know, mm -hmm. so much done. Oh, yeah. They I loved me. I met they... their families. I, yeah. I, I knew. Well, I knew one of their families. The other one was single. Um, I knew, you know, I had been out to their homes. We we literally because I had spent nine months. I spent more time there than I did anywhere else. I mean, That's I so was crazy. going to prove myself. My whole point is, listen. As a marketer, a real marketer, not a salesperson that does marketing, but as a real marketer, you know that if failures are sitting under your belt, then you're not you're limited in how valuable you are as a marketer. And I'm a marketer. I'm a research and demographic analysis marketer. I literally sit down and read consumer demographic analysis reports, competitive demographic analysis reports, and protective report uh, projections. And and so I do all of this stuff that people can't do, don't know how to do. And I specialize in what I do. And I utilize slant marketing. And I utilize you know different forms of marketing that that people are just non traditional about. And so I don't get stuck into these same places. And these guys, I got these guys from working out of their garage, building whatever to make ends meet into, you know, one of the biggest warehouses, you know, in the Valley because they were just pumping these things out. And we were using scrap. I was using scrap wood for different projects around the house. As a matter of fact, my pencil holder, the one that I did, the freehanded one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was built from a shutter. That's crazy. So it's like, so and, and they screwed it. And it's like, and, you know, part of me, I feel bad for the other employees. Yeah, but, but that's just collateral damage that had to yeah. be taken. No. I mean, they would probably at some point have been screwed over anyways. Yep. And honestly, I've, I've thought about typing all this out and everything else. But you know what? Mm, I and, and I say that 
I worry about it because they're petty and I know they were petty and they were petty with other employees and I watched them be petty and they utilize that petty as a deflection to the big problem. So the fact that I saw their reviews and I watched I go back every now and then about this time of year and I looked <laughs> at their reviews on Yelp and it's like crickets. I look at their reviews on Google crickets. I, I don't even know which of the big boxes that they're in location wise. Cause when I go to their apps, I can't find them. That's so crazy. So, yep. Oh, man. <laughs> there, my evil maniacal laugh to that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Everybody's got to learn a lesson. And that is my pro revenge for the day week month. And I do, like I said, I've got others and I, I, I like talking about business I've got some great client stories that I can tell, and I'm definitely looking forward to being able to do that here in the future. But for right now, let's move on to what you have next. So now we're going to move on to a segment that we just call People Suck. Mm -hmm. And I've got a few different posts here from Reddit and a few of them that are from Reddit, but they're about other things um, or like, you know, screenshots from other social medias. So... We're going to start with somebody's short little rant and then literally um, titled People Suck um, from <laughs> user Coffee Peddler RVA. Okay. Um, so this one, for eight years, we have provided unhoused people a free cup of drip coffee and access to our restrooms. All we asked was that they not loiter or solicit customers and respect the space. For eight years, we were able to provide this and manage the few individuals who couldn't abide by these rules, mostly because they were mentally unwell. Mm -hmm. This year, it has become untenable with frequent destruction of the restrooms, needles being left, and sometimes worse. Jeez. Many of the unhoused themselves find the conditions <sighs> left behind abhorrent, but are unable to convince their peers to do better. Quite frankly, there are just too many people in this situation, and it's too massive for us to sustain. Mm -hmm. Our landlord is threatening us with eviction if we don't solve this quickly. We'll be ending our generosity towards the community, knowing that it's the fault of the few, but destructive enough to allow for no other path forward. <sighs> that is... See, mm. you know, when I worked at Denny's, one of, one of the things when I was at the Denny's in Vallejo, which was uh, the first Denny's I had worked at, I had a couple of homeless people that would come around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at uh, 10 o'clock or usually at midnight, but we would get rid of whatever our soup of the day was. Mm -hmm. And it was like, and I would also use that time to change out the coffee. And so I'd have these homeless guys that were there and they were out front and I was like, Hey, come on in. And I'm like, go ahead and go clean yourselves up in the bathroom. Don't leave a mess. I'll give you, you know, a bowl of, a bowl of soup and a cup of coffee. Right. And mm -hmm. it was like, didn't cost the company anything and it was, you know, and, and it felt good for me and it was in a closed off station and they would go into the bathroom and one of them was great. One of them, he would actually clean up the bathroom. The bus boy was like, Psh, makes my job easy because <laughs> yeah. the bus boy at that Denny's and graveyards also had to wash dishes and also had to do the bathrooms. And so if one of those chores was taken care of for him and this guy was, he was good. The other guy though, the other guy would, would come in and he would just take advantage of it. He would try to go to sleep in a booth. Can't do that, you know? And it was like, he wouldn't clean up. And it was like, and so we, we had to stop letting him in there. And then he got mad. And so he vandalized the property. 
And so because he vandalized the property, my bosses found out what I was doing and decided to cut it off completely. That sucks. So, yeah. yeah. People suck. It's just, and yeah, that's just, that's sad. Oh, man. Now I remember that story. Okay. Okay. This next one Mm -hmm. um, is from a user, Saldraka, I think. Okay. Um, This one is actually, um, this one's from Oregon. And mm-hmm. this sucks. Um, so it's from the this person's area chamber of convert commerce. Commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, it says it's a Facebook post, and it says the chamber would like to take a moment to apologize for the tree not being on the Christmas tree. Okay. Um, this past weekend, someone pulled the extension cord out of the tree, unplugged it from all of our lights, and cut the end free from our power source and took it. We are working to get a new cord and we'll be connecting with Wasco Electric to go back up the tree and attach. And this time we'll try to secure it even more. Thank you for your patience on this matter. Seriously. Why would you even? It's an extension cord. (laughs) You know. mm. No, that's just that's just Mm -hmm. awful, especially around for something like Christmas when everybody is Mm -hmm. the, the general generosity of the public goes up it it really right. does people become a lot more willing to give people things and mm-hmm. just help out people it's that's why there are so many charities around this time of year because everybody's just they just feel better about everything mm-hmm. so yeah yesterday we we put the money in with the salvation army mm-hmm. bucket yeah we do and it every like, year yeah and it's like and that's what we do we set we set it aside and then we're like okay it's today and we go and do it and it's like and I would never, ah, that's just. For the entire <sighs> area's mm-hmm. tree. Like, that's mm-hmm. just awful. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine something like that happening. Like, no. it, that's just awful. And our tree isn't even that big. And we're a small town. Mm-hmm. For it to be that big of an area, that big of a town, that they just, I don't know. It, it just, it sucks. No, people suck. It's yep. 100%. And yeah. Wow. So this one is. Um, from user Dr. Herpaderp8750. <laughs> I like your name. Um, so do I, because I actually say the phrase Herpaderp and, then, and Herka And then um, this one is titled, This really, this is really sad that the G- DGPL has to cancel a bingo night because people suck. So this one is, and I actually remember this place because I remember seeing their water tower and being like, that's an interesting name for a city. It's Downers Grove. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from their public library. They uh, put out a note or an email to people and said to our Downers Grove community for the safety of everyone involved, the difficult decision has been made to cancel the upcoming drag queen bingo program due to threats made against the Downers Grove public library. (sighs) These threats are currently under active investigation by law enforcement, providing an inclusive welcoming and safe space for everyone in the Downers Grove community is of the utmost importance to the library. We recognize the significance of offering services and programs like drag queen bingo that provide a window to the world as well as a mirror to it, creating opportunities for patrons to see the wonderfully diverse community in which we live. Unfortunately, in this case, it is not possible to provide a safe spa- safe place for everyone due to the threats made. You know, I get it. I get that some people don't agree with the drag community and they don't like it. And, and I think a lot of it is just kind of miseducation mm-hmm. and misinformation. Look, just like everywhere else in the world, the majority of drag queens are not looking to corrupt your kids. They're not. Ma- the majority. Now, there are some that are out there who are, but there are also teachers who are out there who are. There are also people in the clergy who are out there who are. There are people in churches who are out there who are. People who are 
predators are going to look for prey in every corner that they can look for. And I get it. But knowing drag queens and knowing people who dress in drag and knowing Mm -hmm. people who have grown up in a perfectly normal, healthy environment that just loved doing it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that everybody's there. And for you to be to that level where you're, you know, making threats, you make everybody else look bad. You're mm-hmm. you're literally causing people to be stuck. It's it's not a lifestyle you have to agree with, and that's fine. You know, it's that's what it is. It's like I don't. I'm never going to dress in drag. Okay, I am never going to be one of those people that sits there and says anybody who says that it's different sexuality or anything like that. But I look at drag, and and when I say this, please understand this. Take this to heart and let this absorb. When I look at drag queens, I look at them as no different than I look at anybody going to a Comic-Con and dressing up in cosplay. Because mm-hmm. that's it. Numbers are the same. Stats are the same. The di- number of people out there dressing up, you know, that's it. That's the way you look at it. Do you look at people who go to Comic-Cons and dress up as their favorite Final Fantasy character or whatever they want to be and look at them and go, they're trying to corrupt my kids? Because that's Final Fantasy doing that there. But that's just, you know, that's the games, the video game world. But seriously, Santa Claus, guess what, is a cosplay. Yeah, but (laughs) just think it was anything is a cosplay. Right. And that's exactly it. And it's like, and going in drag, there are people who, yes, there's people that's their lifestyle. Yes, it's people that it's their sexuality. Yes, there's people who aren't great people out there doing it. There's people that aren't great people out there doing everything. Yeah, 100%. But when people get narrow-minded attitudes and and give those, it's it's bad. And when I sit and I talk to people because they're like, oh, yeah, I don't agree with this. You know, um, there was a recent post up on Tractor Supply. And Tractor Supply had had this drag event at one of the Tractor Supplies. Or not Tractor. Was it Tractor Supplier Atwoods? I don't remember which one, but so I'll just say whichever one of them, okay? Um, and there were people that was that were part of this group that I'm in that were like, oh my gosh, you know, the, I, I'm never going to go to this place again. Okay, that's you're totally allowed to do it. And then there were people who jumped out and were like, oh my gosh, you guys are bigots and you're this and you're that and you're this. and the, No, you know what? Both sides... Both sides need to understand and and love and let both sides exist or you will never make progress in any way, shape or form. And one group may say, well, we don't want to make progress. Well, no, then you'll never win anybody over. You will literally just make enemies. You will never win anybody over to anything if you shove it down their throat and you literally... Try to take it from them when you don't understand it. Okay. I would argue that, that, you know, yes, I don't, I don't like it when I see kids at, you know, at drag events, if they don't understand what they're looking at and and things like that in the same way that I don't like kids going into a gory horror movie at an impressionable age, you know, it's, if, if your kids aren't ready for it, then don't. But if there's other kids that are there and they're fine with it, then don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, it's like I grew up in that community before it had letters, you know, and 
I turned out okay. I turned out with I turned out with what I think are better morals than most people on that side of the of the debate. And it's like that's just that's just garbage. You literally have people that have an outlet and doing something and something that you either don't like or you don't understand. And so you want to shut it down. But you're the same group of people who don't want to be shut down for doing the things that you claim that you should have the freedom to do. Hypocrisy. It's a thing. What next? <laughs> well, I don't know if you heard about this, hmm. but um, at uh, one of Dave Chappelle's shows, mm-hmm. he it was in San Francisco and he invited Elon Musk on stage and the audience booed Elon Musk. <sighs> and then fortunately, Chappelle had lectured the audience for booing, mm-hmm. but still. They literally, and it wasn't just like all booze or anything like that. It was, it was more like a mix, like a 70, 30, like mm-hmm. 30% of them were booing. The other 70% were, were, were cheering and were, you know, cool and happy that he was there. But sure. still, it just sucks. I've never agreed with booing people when they come on stage. It, you went to his show and he mm-hmm. invited Elon Musk onto the stage and then right. you booed him. You just disrespected Dave Chappelle because he was the one that invited him. So that's just that's how I feel about things like that. When you have something like I don't know. It's just I feel like there's etiquette when you go places and go see things and go see people perform in any way shape or form and you shouldn't be doing things like booing them. Mm-hmm. It, it it's just I don't know. I just don't agree with that. Mm. It sucks. Mm. I'm kind of in the middle on that. You know what? If you don't like somebody and you boo them, I'm not going to stress about it. I mean you know, Nancy Pelosi got invited to a, um, a music awards thing and she got booed, you know, and I was like, mm, I understand that. I just for me, I'll tell you myself personally, I just don't do anything. I've if somebody steps on stage and I don't agree with that person, I just don't clap. I don't boo. I don't do anything. I let my silence talk. Yeah. You know, there's there is nothing more telling than. When somebody steps out on a stage, waving their hands up, expecting a big ovation and hearing nothing. Like, it's just like, woo. Or, you know, the you hear the. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that's their mom. <laughs> yeah. No, so. Type situation. But, Either you know, way, Dave so Chappelle, I, I appreciate Dave Chappelle because he has been a middle ground. He's still making fun of everything, which I'm glad that he does. And, you know, he's but he's also bringing in reason. You know, I've been just watching more and more and just really being impressed with him because like I watched the very first the very first thing I ever watched Dave Chappelle in was comic uh, was comic relief. And he was, you know, was uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. And. You know, uh, Whoopi Goldberg introduced him by saying this young man is so funny that by the time he's old enough to play in the clubs, they won't be able to afford him. And she was right. So, you know, I, I appreciate what he what he says and what he does now. I really do. But, yeah, y'all suck. And then there's this one that is it's a video um, and I it was honestly kind of funny watching okay. the video i can definitely save this and post it up on one of our socials sure but this woman demands that her date pay for her kids meals because he was late to their date they are not 
they they are dating this is whether this is a first date or a third i don't care and there her kids aren't there she's demanding that he's paying for meals that she can bring home to them because he was late to the date eight-year-old and a five-year-old and this is (laughs) it's a fancier restaurant too because it's a date it's not like they went to a Mm -hmm. date at mcdonald's okay can you just you know pick up some happy meals meals. real quick like no (laughs) she wants him to bring home she wants to be able to bring home steaks to her eight and five-year-old kids at home like what i'm sorry where's the logic yeah i just (laughs) you know what you know what you just brought home to your kids hey mommy's gonna have to go out on some more dates that's yeah. what you just brought home. That's and and uh, no, I think the create. Mm, hmm. No, no, I had a I had a girl who on the second date was trying to introduce me to her kids and wanted me to play with them and hang out with them. And I'm like, I'm not dating your kids, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, I, I am also one of those people that if I'm dating you and we're getting along, I'm going to want to I'll meet your kids because they're an integral part of your life. But if we're on a, if, if we go to a date and I'm stuck in traffic and you're demanding that I'm going to do something because of it. Yeah. That's our last date. Mm -hmm. That's our last date. You'll be lucky if I don't ask for an angel shot at the bar. (laughs) Okay. So then there's this last one. Okay. This this one, I just, I don't get this one. Um, this, so this is a, a mom on Facebook, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and she posted and tagged Overwatch, their account, and said, Hi, team. My daughter created a new character. Her name is Burst. She'd love to know your thoughts. And posted the picture of her drawing and her um, little, you know, notes on what she what she does and what mm-hmm. she's, you know, just her character. And Overwatch saw it and they posted... Um, and they tagged her back and said, our artists were so inspired by this that they created their own fan art. Hope your daughter loves it and made a digital art version of the, cause this daughter, awesome. her daughter has to be like seven or eight, maybe okay. 10 at the most. It's a very, very child drawing. Okay. And the handwriting is very messy, very, very kid-like, which is very obvious that she just loves Overwatch and made her own character. And so they made a whole digital art fan art for mm-hmm. her. And so somebody commented and said the Overwatch crew just made something adorable but then somebody commented and said, like, I'm an actual fucking artist and so are a million goddamn other people on the planet. And the person being recognized for their art by a game company is a fucking child. Nah, so much fuck that. And so somebody replied to them and said, well, if the criteria for recognition is being a fucking child, I'd say you still have a chance. <laughs> so at least they got a little bit of a... Yeah, a little, a little petty revenge yeah. to that or no murder by words yeah. so yeah because that's i mean look when you were a kid somebody was supporting you and being an artist yeah and so it's like but now another kid's got it and oh that's not you're a bitter little f-tard yeah so like, it's like what? you can't so you know what? something good so and just be maybe happy? maybe your art sucks you you may be a legitimate artist quote unquote but Maybe you just suck because your personality sucks. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. I would have sat there and been like, oh, wow. And I've had that. Like, we've all had that where we sit and we watch somebody and they get something and we're like, oh, but you know what? Be happy for them because that's going to be their part in life. And who knows what event you had where you were acknowledged as a kid where somebody else felt that way, but had the wherewithal to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that's literally, ugh. 
Yeah, people like that. Yeah, people but suck. People suck, and we cannot leave on a people sucking note. So we're not. We're going to talk about one happy thing. So I had a client. His name was Jim Tenney. It was Chocolate Fountains of Sacramento, right? Mm-hmm. And he was struggling and he was really struggling. He was trying to get, he was trying to get his fountains up and he was trying to make it a thing. And he had a competitor and the competitor just kept beating the, beating the tar out of him. And Jim did a, an event for, I think it was, I think it was a Sacramento Metro chamber of commerce. So where he volunteered to do a chamber fountain for a little mixer. And I just happened to go to it. And I came over and I had I had seen chocolate fountains before and I was like, oh, that's cute. And it was chocolate fountains of Sacramento. And Jim came and he came up to me and I found out the gym was an old salt. Now, my wife was a former Navy girl herself and once Navy, always Navy. I get it. I'm not. So and so Jim and I, we hit it off and I helped grow this one guy from his single chocolate fountain that he was there and just really happy about to being number one, the number one chocolate fountain caterer in all the Valley. He was so busy. He couldn't Mm -hmm. keep up with it. And he was so happy about that. And I just remember that, you know, he came to me one day and he just, he asked me if he could take a picture with me and he posted it up and he was just so happy and so grateful and I remember that like they're off and on for the next like several years. I found out how big his family was hmm. because a granddaughter, a, a, a son, a, you know, a nephew, somebody would come up to me and be like, you're Joey. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle is Jim Tenney. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You helped him out with his company. I just, you know, I want to shake your hand. Thank you so much. That. That is the reason that I market because you know what? You take a company like Pepsi, take a company mm-hmm. like, you know, Apple, you take one of those, you help increase their stock market. You know, you help them increase their revenue by a few million dollars. Like mm, our stock bumped up a 10th of a percent. We're happy. You did your job. Here's your check. You take somebody like that and you help them make a few hundred thousand dollars extra a year. And they are telling everybody. And that is what I love. And that's what I love about marketing. And that's what I loved about marketing my entire career. And, you know, I was just thinking about Jim today. And, you know, Chocolate Fountains of Sacramento was definitely one of one of my one of my youngest, like one of my first clients is a that I had really been able to make an impact on and was also one of the most memorable that I've ever had. So I just want to remind everybody that if you're good, good people are out there and they'll be good back to you. If mm-hmm. you suck, there are suck people out there and they're going to suck back to you. And with that said, thank you so much for joining us today on the afternoon dive. Again, my name is Joey and I'm Kiki. And we just want to remind you that which does not kill you is taking notes for later. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.